Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, welcome to the Chase Down podcast brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. Carter Rodriguez is in Australia. He bailed on me. So I this time I, I replaced him with a better looking co-host. Um, <laughs> I, my friend, Sean Woodley, host of Locked on Raptors. And you, you, you dabble with a whole lot of other things. How are you doing, Sean? I'm good, man. Tired as hell. The finals, uh, sleep deprivation deprivation so you can't even speak uh <laughs> it's very real in the finals but it's worth it it's pretty awesome it, it is pretty cool you know what that's actually one thing that i really do enjoy is that after four straight finals i and especially after kevin durant went you just took getting to the finals for granted like it, it was just one of those things where you, you just kind of assumed you were going to get there last year was a little touch and go because it just wasn't as good of a team but the standard was just so much higher. Like there was the yeah. expectations and you had kind of LeBron putting his fo- a foot on the throat of the team, so to speak, be with possibly being able to leave all the time. Um, yeah. What's the, I, I know you're in a similar situation, but also just the genuine enthusiasm that you guys have has been really cool. But what, what's kind of been your thoughts going through this beyond just the, the actual games themselves? It's been so awesome, man. I'm just trying to, like, soak it up as much as possible. I think, like, all of the, like, shitty heartbreak. Can I swear on this? Is that loud? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can. Okay. Uh, I think all the shitty heartbreak of the last few years, and even, like, dating back even before that, it's all kind of built to this, and it's made it that much more, I think, easy to enjoy and that much more sort of important and, like, essential that you kind of savor the moment because, (laughs) man, like, LeBron is not on this team, right? Like, LeBron is not on this team. There's no guarantee it's going to be like this again next year. I mean, Kawhi, I think, is probably going to stay, at least on a short deal. Um, but, like, it, it's it, – it, it, you don't know when it's going to happen again. So, I found myself, like, thankful almost for the, like, long layoffs between games because it's right. just like, all right, four days of, like, being soaked in the finals and <laughs> seeing, you know, kids in Raptors jerseys and, like – I've been, like, brought to tears a few times just, like, seeing things around the city that are just, like, decked out in Raptor stuff that are typically not. It's mm-hmm. been a blast. And I've been a big softie about it. But, like, how can you not be? It's the finals. It's the Raptors. It shouldn't happen. And it's happening. And, uh, yeah, like, the whole city's just kind of gone crazy. And I'm sure you're in Winnipeg. I'm sure there's some uh, Raptors, like, feeling there, too. Probably not to the same degree. But, like, it's got to be at least a little bit present. And yeah, you, you definitely awesome. see some people jumping on uh, the bandwagon. Like, I, I do have some friends that are Raptors fans, and, and this mm-hmm. just means so much to them. I feel a little bad for my brother. He made a last-second decision to fly out for Game 2, and he bought tickets for the game. And <laughs> towards the end, he tweeted out that it was not his best financial decision, which I, I couldn't <laughs> agree. He really wanted me to go, and I'm like, I didn't agree, though. <laughs> Dis- disagree that it's not a good financial who cares that they lost man like that's an awesome thing to be there for like i don't that i disagree with your brother saying it's a bad idea like it, regardless of the result it's cool i i think he was just doing it uh for the twitter attention which i i mean it, that just runs in the family i'm i'm guessing um the, 
<laughs> yeah, it, do, it doesn't doesn't sound like a, a Rowan thing at all. Um, so the end of game two obviously wasn't the most fun thing. Now, have you seen the helicopter rescue video yet? That's on Twitter. I have. Okay. <laughs> it's- yeah. <laughs> what would you rather have happen in game three, reliving the fourth quarter, just a complete repeat of uh, what went on in the fourth quarter there? Or would you rather go on that helicopter ride and it gives you a win? I, I need a no. So I think the third quarter was worse for me than the fourth quarter. I mean, yeah, there were some like wide open threes missed by like Kawhi and Pascal and uh lo and behold Danny Green's the one who hits a three late um but it was I don't know it was kind of fun to see the Warriors go five minutes without scoring against the high school defense like I would watch that again like can you kind of like like section off that five minute part where those guys are it's like confused and befuddled by the box in one (laughs) uh I'm cool with that again I, I nothing can really like hurt me right now I'm just such like a fog of happiness that the Raptors are even here right and like the buzz of like game six against the Bucks and like what happened in the city that night still hasn't really worn off for me. I'm probably in the minority. I know some people have kind of moved on to just being like, you know, life and death with every finals game. But like I watched the fi- like the, the fourth quarter of that game again. I mean, yeah, they lost. That sucked. But they were right there. And you watch it again, maybe like certain things go differently. I, I don't know. Uh, do we, are we watching a carbon copy or is it like the same shots go up? Like, <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm thinking basically carbon – Basically, carbon copy is what I was thinking. I I thought that that would be the most painful outcome because then you can also have the combined dread of everything that went wrong in the previous game and and that weight on you. The helicopter thing looks horrible, though, so I'll go still with the uh, not-so-awesome finish to the finals game over the spinning around like i would rather be like still on the mountain with a broken leg like having to do the like the james franco cut through the arm thing than <laughs> get that helicopter getting spun around i like i'm not good with heights and i think <laughs> i think just hanging there would be bad like especially when you're suspended like that and you feel like you could fall at any moment but then to mm-hmm. also be spinning i my my only hope for that woman one is that one she lived because that, that would make this podcast age very very poorly and two, <laughs> I really, really hope that she blacked out. I, I hope that uh, she didn't have to deal with that for long because that, that would just be a little bit too much. I would hope so too. I mean, yeah, hopefully she's okay. I hope the, the lady's doing good. I, I mean, I'm not sure what would have been worse, falling on the mountain or being in that like vortex of hell, but I hope she's it's, it's the vortex of hell. There's, there's, no, <laughs> there's no question. That is 100% the worst part of that entire experience. I, I guarantee you that. <laughs> So did you now here's the other portion of this. This is my segment yeah. called Did You See Certain Things? Um yeah. did you read the Kawhi piece on in the Athletic? Uh I have not sat down to read the entire thing. I've read all of the clips that have been posted uh, okay. and love every single one of them. The, the, uh, they're amazing. Like yeah. this is one of the weirdest. This is just a different dude. Like the the whole Board, 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 board man gets paid. Um, just all the weird things he'd say, or like when he's defending somebody and he's not really trash talking, he's just nope, nope, nope. no, 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 no. And, yeah. and my favorite, sorry to cut you off again, my no, no. absolute favorite was the whole thing about him not understanding help side defense and not understanding help defense at all because he's like why can't these guys just do it it's it's yeah. like the the math genius that doesn't show his work and just gets frustrated that everybody else can't understand 
Yeah, no, he has had a few moments like that this year where he just, like, can't comprehend someone being, like, less superhuman than he is. Like, even just when he, like, humble brags about certain things. Like, he was on Surge's <laughs> cooking show, and he was asked about, like, how big his hands are and, like, does it hinder his ability to play basketball at all. At all. And he's like, no, not really. I mean, sometimes, like, my, my hands, you know, it's hard to shoot, but, like, I don't know what – pretty good anyway so it's fine it's like it's it's just a different cat man and i love it i am like all for Kawhi, like suing nike for his logo even though the logo might be a little like cookie looking i'm all for him like just kind of doing his own thing going okay so did did you see the the whole thing about his logo basically being he just drew around his hand a whole lot in college and that's basically where he got the inspiration for it and that makes it even better (laughs) Oh man, Bomani Jones had the the best bit about this. Um, he he had a whole thing about how there was probably a Nike uh, executive that this file got slammed on his desk, and he's like, "I don't yeah. know what to do with Kawhi. I I don't know what we're going to do for logo. I don't know how we're going to brand this." And Kawhi walks in, and he's like, "Here's these drawings around my hand, and it kind of <laughs> looks like a K and an L." And they're like, "Perfect, we're going with that. That's that's it. That's fine." <laughs> I yeah I, I love how like matter of fact Kawhi is it doesn't strike me as shocking that that's like what he landed on like oh yeah that looks pretty cool uh like it, even like after game two when he was asked about what happened with like the the last possession where they were trying to go for the steal or whatever um and so it was like did you want the ball in Iguodala's hands he's like no we wanted it in our hands uh, <laughs> like it's he's so blunt and like doesn't suffer idiot questions and he he answers like, things he answers things like a child like with yeah. the just straightforward matter-of-fact style of a yeah. child, which is really funny it's to the me. the best. I love it. Like, I think he's such a delightful sort of weirdo to root for. And, like, honestly, I've gone – I've said this all season long. I think he's the most relatable superstar in the league. Like, he's the superstar outside of his, like, basketball skills. You could look at and be like, yeah, I'm a fucking weirdo too. Like, he's – people are weird. People have their weird intricacies. Like, he, you know, most people aren't LeBron James or, like, he's, like – very like gregarious and outward superstars like with the, who kind of put it on for the cameras and for the brand like Kawhi's like yeah I like to be at home and like probably have a nice meal and yeah have some <laughs> weird sort of idiosyncrasies and you know what screw it like I, I'm gonna own it and I'm not gonna like be someone I'm not just because it's kind of like expected of me as a top five player in the world and I like respect the hell out of it I think it's super cool so the advantage of us doing this on camera and thank you for everyone that's watching on Twitch and putting up with me trying to run the feed instead of our smart guy, Carter Rodriguez. The advantage <laughs> is you're able to see the facial expressions I'm making when you're saying he's one of the most relatable guys in the league. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I just, I find guys like Kyrie that just do a lot of peyote uh, every single morning. <laughs> I find that way more relatable. I, I was going to ask you though, like what this experience is like, because I know it, we, I mentioned it earlier about having my brother who's a Raptors fan and other Raptors fans around me. Yeah. Some of them are still kind of struggling with how to feel about Kawhi. I, the, the one thing I will say and the one thing I really do give him credit for is the fact that he never made any promises. There wasn't that opening yeah. thing like with Kyrie saying, I, I want to be here. Um, I'm committed to this franchise. He basically just said, hey, I'm 100% committed to this season and you're going to get my absolute best. And 
I, I think that's exactly what they've gone. Like he is he, right now. He can't even jump. Like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but he cannot leave the floor and he's still yeah. playing his ass off. So yeah. what, what's kind of your emotion surrounding Kawhi Ben? I, I know you've mentioned that he's relatable, but uh, <laughs> how, how has it kind of evolved throughout the season? I, so I was pretty much like, I was never like against the trade or anything. I thought it made sense considering where the Raptors were and all like their failures with DeMar and stuff like that. Um, but like, there was a bit of like a ghoulishness to the trade, right? And it was like, well, huh, one year, like, I don't know, man. But then as soon as he saw play, like, I think the second game of the season, he like completely choked out the Celtics in like the fourth quarter. And, like the, him and Danny Green had the double block. And it was like, oh yeah, this guy, I- I'm cool with this guy being on the team, even if it's just for a year. And I think people kind of just sold themselves on like, yeah, like just enjoy what for what it is. Like a rebuild was probably coming anyway. Just enjoy this year for what it is. And if anything else happens on top of it, then that's gravy. And throughout the season, what actually one of the most fun things throughout the season was like the sort of tongue in cheek, sort of not really um, like just like the the investigative work that was going on. And like, oh, does he have a house in Toronto? Oh, is he <laughs> oh where's he living? Oh, okay. Did he buy a house? Is he renting? Like oh what did he say about toronto in that press conference like and like sort of piecing them all together and putting them on like a clipboard i mean like oh yeah this all says he's staying how can i how can there be any other conclusion to come to um so that's been really fun just sort of like follow that throughout the year kind of enrich the fan experience and then the playoffs happen and like he's just he's undeniably amazing and has gotten them further than they've ever gone and for me like i don't give a shit about free agency right now i don't care i'm trying to enjoy what's happening right now if I see, like, a podcast that is, like, talking about free agency and stuff like that, like, I'm just, like, not going to listen to it because it's, like, the finals are happening right now. I want to hear about the finals. I don't give a damn what Kawhi's going to do in a month because he's here now. And I think sort of, as you alluded to, like, Kyrie and his sort of demeanor and the way he carried himself kind of, I think, forced Celtics fans to maybe look ahead to the future a little too much and forced people to, like, consider his future. Kawhi hasn't talked anything about it, and he talks all the time about just being in the moment and playing in the moment and being like a, 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 a just like a, a spectator in the moment and not thinking about like what's going to happen down the line. And I think that's made it a lot easier for Raptors fans just to be like kind of along with him for the ride. And mm-hmm. also, I think it kind of has helped lately because it does kind of feel like momentum is you know shifted to like it feels like he's probably going to stay at least for like a year or two beyond this who knows what's actually going to happen and like it still is up in the air and I'm sure the Clippers are still going to try to do everything they can to bring him there but like it does feel like there's a lot of momentum and also just like it's a very good team why would he leave the very good team that's in the finals like that that seems to be like like he's talked about and I honestly kind of believe him more than most guys when they say like I just want to win like you see the way he's played with with above me he can't jump but he's still just playing as though the only thing he wants is to win I kind of believe him when he says it and Mm -hmm. if that's the case like why leave the team that's in the finals that 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 feels like maybe not the brightest decision I know (laughs) might be less good next year whatever but like the Raptors are a pretty good organization who kind of figure things out Pascal Siakam's awesome now uh you know again I don't even want to think about what's going to happen, but I do think it's 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 feeling like he's going to stick around at least for a little bit. And if not, it was an amazing year that I'm glad happened. I would do it over a thousand times out of a thousand. Right. So what you're saying is you just want to talk about free agency for the rest of this podcast, right? Yes. Let's please consider this. Let's talk about the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> only the Lakers. Let's talk about the Utah Jazz's cap space. Oh, you absolutely, you absolutely have to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess the the one thing that 
kind of ties into both free agency and this playoff series is uh, the play of Kyle Lowry, play of uh, Pascal Siakam and Paul, Paul uh, Marcus. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. The one thing that's interesting to me, you, mentioned how it was kind of a ruthless move to trade DeMar DeRozan. It obviously made basketball sense, but it, it was a, a ruthless decision. I think that's yeah. something that also works in the Raptors' favor because you're able to say, hey, Masai's willing to make the hard decisions. He's yeah. willing to face fan backlash. And if that means trading Kyle Lowry, then maybe they trade Kyle Lowry in the future. Um, mm-hmm. What Game two was kind of tough because I, I think game two, a lot of it really did fall on – at least in my eyes, on Gasol, Lowry, and Siakam. I, I thought um, they were a little more passive. Um, I just I felt that uh, they, there was times where Mark wouldn't even look at the basket when he got the ball. And yeah. I think the Warriors were aware of that. And I, to me, those were kind of the most glaring issues going into game three. Do you, do you agree with that assessment? Or do you think that... Uh, there were some other culprits or or something schematically that that really uh, hurt them. Yeah, I think so. A couple of things. I think the you're right. Like Gasol in particular seemed very uninterested in shooting, which was weird because he was so eager to fire them up in Game One, and it seemed like a bit of a strange sort of deviation for him. Uh, so that was a problem. Siakam, like he's not going to go five of eighteen again. He's also not going to go fourteen of seventeen again. Like he'll probably land somewhere in the middle. He's at like six or seven games of exactly 50% shooting from the field. That's probably where he's going to end up being in the playoffs uh, right. most nights. And I, I like, it was a little ominous after game one where Draymond was like, all right, I just got to take him out of the series. Cause like, if someone's going to do that, it's probably Draymond. <laughs> yeah. He, like, he's pretty damn he's good at that. I'll, I'll, I'll give him credit yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like, I think what happened to the Raptors in that game is they missed some open looks. Like they got a lot of good looks that they would normally hit. Like Siakam is not hitting his corner threes in the playoffs, which is, Annoying, considering he was like 45, 46% from the corners in the regular season. Um, right. And like, you know, Danny Green missing whatever. And like Kawhi wasn't like especially great, I don't think. He got to the line a ton. And I think him sort of hunting fouls in that late third quarter when they were in the penalty was like kind of the reason they were able to kind of keep touch because they had nothing else going offensively. Um, but I do think Kawhi holds a bit of like responsibility too because his playmaking was not very good. Like they're sending two guys his way. He knows they're sending two guys his way. And he's still, you know, it's he's had some games where it's been awesome. Game five against Milwaukee, I think he had nine assists, and it was like, oh, my God, like, you sent two guys his way, you're toast. And then there have been other games where he'll have, like, three assists and five turnovers or two assists and six turnovers, and that is kind of the bellwether for the team. And I think it was three assists and five turnovers in game, game two against the Warriors. So that is sort of a thing, too. I think they got to try to find ways to get him the ball more creatively and, like, have him – sort of do the DeMar thing almost where they used to like explode him out of corner, like out of the corner with the screen and then have him sort of get the ball with a head of steam coming around at the elbow, you know, type area. That's something I think they have to try to do just sort of mix things up as opposed to just like high Kawhi pick and roll every single time down. Um, and for Kyle, like it's not so much the offense for him. Like I think he attempted 11 shots. Like he's been putting up his threes. The thing for me is like, he was just dumb with his fouls. I, you can quibble with like Scott Foster, Tony brothers and Edward Moy all you want. And you, right because those are the three worst refs in the league but they were all <laughs> one crew and the game itself it wasn't just the Raptors or the Warriors who got screwed like the game itself got screwed by those guys just calling everything and making it an unwatchable slog um but like Kyle needed to be cognizant of that and not swipe at balls with you know for 90 feet from the basket with five fouls right that that was a really dumb foul that that was like Kyle doesn't make dumb plays like he's a basketball savant and he did a dumb play there 
and that costs the Raptors big time. You can't be having that. And so I, I don't know if there's anything on offense that I didn't like from Kyle. Like, I still think he's been pretty good through two games, uh, even though they had seven points in game one. Like, I thought it was a very, very good Kyle game. He had nine assists. He was doing his Kyle thing. Um, but I, I thought, yeah, it, it was a combination of things. And also the Warriors kind of – the thing that is – it has been a sort of a big thing in both of these series, the last two – like, the, the Bucks series and this Warriors series is, like, Whatever team can kind of get into a flow of turning stops into quick offense has kind of been the team that wins. And that sounds very simple, but, like, it's not like the pace is high for both sides. It, right. It's it, like the, the, they'll have the same number of possessions, but one team is executing their possessions much quicker than the other. And it's about what team can kind of win that battle and be in their half-court defense as much as possible because, like, the Raptors' half-court defense is absurd. The Warriors' half-court defense is incredible as well. The same went for the Bucks, And it really came down to, are you turning your stops into quick offense and sort of striking when, when the iron's hot? And the Raptors just got punked doing that at the, at the start of the third quarter where the, where the Warriors got out running. The Raptors missed a bunch of open looks. And, you know, maybe they could have sort of stemmed that tide just by making one of them. But instead, <laughs> just built and built and built. And then you get just like, a parade of dunks because they're getting into their offense quick and you're not ready to make the decisions you have to make with Steph screening away from the ball and stuff like that. And that's where it kind of got away from them. But at the same time, like the, Warriors, the Raptors could have won that game. Like it's not like they did everything horribly. And they, I thought they took the punch pretty well. And you know, they, they, they were right there at the end and obviously, you know, make or miss. It's like the most like exhausting thing to explain away a game, but <laughs> it kind of was what happened at the end of the game. They missed some wide open looks that like Kawhi had two wide open threes late. He normally hits wide open threes. He didn't, and they lost. So uh, right. I don't know. And, and, and in all, it was just, you know, some weird shit happened. And weird shit does happen in playoff games eh? and in yeah. playoff series. I mean, you saw one side of that with uh, J.R. Smith shooting like 75% last year uh, from exactly. three. That, that was really nice. Uh, then you experienced the fun side of that with Fred Van Vliet uh, against the Bucks, and, yeah. and also uh, against the Warriors. He's been really yeah, good. Now he's just like the, the best point guard in the world, apparently. I, I don't know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I mean, there's final Steph and playoff Larry, so it does make sense that he'd be the best point guard in the city. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I kind of – so if we're going on the assumption that Katie's going to be back for game four, my whole thing I'm is – not, by the way. I don't okay. think he's going to play in the series. Okay, so you think he's played his last game as a Golden State Warrior? Yeah, kind of. Like, I just – they feel like they're moving the goalposts a lot, and maybe he comes back. The injury seemed pretty bad, and it would not shock me if this is, like, psychological warfare they're engaging in to keep the Raptors on their toes. Um, yeah, just, I could see that. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe the reporting's right. I just – it smells fishy to me. Yeah, that, that, I mean – yeah, so my assumption was if he does come back in game four, the Raptors had to be a 2-1. And I kind of feel like with this clay hamstring injury, they got a new lease on life here, that they, they have another opportunity. Because if he's limited at all, that's taking one of their two players that can score. I, I know DeMarcus Cousins was very good in his second shift in game two and, and kind of from that point on. But I don't know if you can necessarily bank on that. And I, I do think we're probably getting to the point where Nick Nurse, as much as he doesn't like to mess around with his rotations, I think you're going to see more of Gasol out there against uh, Cousins rather than mm -hmm. Ibaka. 
All right, guys, we're going to get back to our podcast with Sean Woodley in just a second. But first, we have to give a shout out to our sponsors. When you're selling online, getting orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Chase Down listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering in your credit card information. I love that. ShipStation works with all of the major character carriers and characters, including the U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. Speaking of shipping, we gotta give a shout out to our other sponsors, which is our boys at Harry's. For just $3, that's the cost of the shipping, you will get the value trial set sent to your door. Just go to harrys.com to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's by claiming your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades with a, come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for just $3. Damn, that's a good deal. Carter and I love it. Big shout out to Harry's. Big shout out to ShipStation. And now back to the podcast with Sean. Yeah, I, I just feel with Clay Thompson being limited, that really gives the Raptors a good chance to steal one in Oracle, which they were probably going to need to do anyways. I, I think obviously you'd rather be 2-0 in this circumstance and really kind of giving it to the Warriors and, and putting them in a tough position. But it's, I mean, if he's limited at all, you basically need Steph to be superhuman Steph, which we just, as much as we want to make jokes about it, we just haven't really seen from him uh, without kind of a cast of a bunch of other all-stars. And uh, we can do the bad faith thing where we call Cousins and Iguodala all-stars, but uh, that, that's, that's not who they are right now. They're, it's a bunch of dudes. That's really what it comes down to, especially with Looney out. Um, yeah. Do you feel like game three is a must win for the Raptors, or how are you viewing this? I don't think so. I think like it's you got to win one of the two. Um, and I, obviously the Durant thing colors that, I would say – It'd be very, very nice if they could win game three. That would be swell. And like you said, I think they're – I think because of the Clay thing, like, I don't think he's going to get healthy by the end of the series, like fully healthy. 
and that is big. Like, even if he's playing but is not 100%, like, that's problematic if you're the Warriors. That's one of your two guys you've been throwing at Kawhi as well. It's been Clay and Iguodala mostly, and there was some Draymond and crunch time, but for the most part, it's been those two guys, and both of those guys now have weird leg stuff that they're dealing with, and if they're limited at all, that's bad. Um, Uh, Legs are important in basketball, I've heard. Turns out, yeah. Um, I also think, like, the – yeah, win one in in Oracle doesn't have to be game three necessarily for me, but I I do think the the fact that Durant is looming kind of does put a bit of urgency, but I I also don't think the Raptors are going to be a team that's like – worried about that urgency and if they lose game two I won't game three I won't think they're going to be like dead in the water in the series because yes it's the Warriors and it's different but they have been down in every single series so far and they have gotten <laughs> unperturbed by that and they like I don't know if it's like a Warriors type thing where it's like okay backs against the wall we got to try now um, but like it might be something like that and they have like a pretty built-in resiliency that is really really impressive and fun to watch and you can see it kind of click in it. And Kawhi sort of is the source of a lot of that. So I would say, yeah, it's, it'd be nice to win game three. I, I would prefer that they win that. But I don't think it's going to derail their, their hopes of winning the series necessarily. Katie comes back and Clay looks closer to 100% than the 25% that maybe he's going to look like. Then uh, that, that's problematic. But, I, I, yeah, it, it's, it's going to go long, I think, this series. These are two very good teams. And without – the supporting cast, Steph is sort of, like you mentioned, I don't think it's necessarily any sort of like shortcoming on Steph's part. It's just teams sell out entirely to stop him. And the sorting, the supporting cast isn't awesome. And like, that's how he becomes prone to a box in one defense. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, that happens. it's a situation that I think every player in his position would be in where if you have no shooters around you, I think people can take stuff away from you. And, and all due respect to Draymond, he's a great player, but I, I just don't think he provides them with that kind of outlet. He, he's at his mm. best when you do have spacing around him and he's able to facilitate for everybody. Um, I I think almost the, the Warriors, if Clay is out, which I am assuming he plays just because that guy never seems to be hurt, like, yeah. or at least he never seems to, to miss games. He's one of the most ultimate Ironmans that we have in this league. Um but I, I just think that he, even if he's limited, the Warriors might have to almost pull a uh, a Cavs, like a 2015 Cavs, where we're going to make this ugly, we're going to slow it down, we're not going to give up anything in transition, because that was some that was a place where the Raptors really killed them in Game 1, and mm-hmm. I, I think that they just can't allow Toronto to get an easy bus, buckets, and they're going to have to f- find out if they can win ugly, like if, if they can go get ugly shots, because that's not something that they've ever really had to do. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. It, it's, I wonder if, like, I wonder how much Boogie's going to, like, play a role in the series. It was kind of, like, troubling to me how good he was in the last game. Just sort of, like, perfectly standing in the high post and just, like, picking up cutters and stuff. And it was kind of like something we hadn't seen from a big who's up against the Raptors so far in the postseason, right? It's been a lot of, like, post-up dudes – uh, with Embiid and, and Vucevic not being particularly good passers, and then Brook Lopez just, like, hanging 30 feet from the basket doing Brook Lopez things. Like, Cousins is a different beast, and if he's going to be like he was in Game 2 as opposed to, like, the unplayable sort of just, like, standstill boulder he was in Game 1, then that, in, you know, inserts a bit of an interesting sort of wrinkle because you can play a bit more of a slow offense. You can play through boogie. You can slow it down. You can gr- grind it out. You can grind out long possessions. I just kind of think that's not going to play super well into the Warriors' hands just because the Raptors' half-court defense is so good. And if they're 
stuck there trying to defend a slow grinded down Warriors team with Steph and then a bunch of non-shooters, I feel like they're going to figure that out pretty quickly just based on how they've smothered half-court offenses so far in the postseason. So uh, the the Warriors may have to do that, but if they do that, I don't think that's going to necessarily, you know, translate into good results. Um, And and yeah, it's, you know, the, the Raptors are really good and like their their (laughs) defense is going, like they're a really good team. And like, I just, I, I think they will, you know, exploit the lack of good players on the floor if the Warriors are, are stick, stuck there rolling a Quinn Cook for 30 minutes or Jonas Derebko for 25 minutes. Like, if they have to do that, then I think Raptors are just going to cook them because they've cooked teams with weak spots on the floor all playoffs long. And I think that would just continue. Steph makes it more difficult. He is very, very intimidating. Just as watching him, like, even in game one, man, when the Raptors were up, it, I, it wasn't until Kyle hit that three. And maybe you can relate to this, having seen the Warriors and Cavs play so many times. Like, when Kyle hit that three to put them up 12 with, like, 40 seconds left, that was like, okay, they're going to win, I think. Uh, am I okay to breathe? Like, it's, <laughs> So you're never going to feel comfortable no matter how many guys the Warriors don't have because Draymond's awesome and Steph can go off any time. But, um, yeah, if they're diminished, then I think the Raptors stand a pretty good chance. It would be almost disappointing if they didn't sort of exploit the lack of dudes that the Warriors have. Yeah, I'm still unable to really go back and rewatch Game 7 of 2016 because I, I'm still convinced that the Warriors might get another three or, or two in. Um, <laughs> it's it, you, you never get over that fear, and um, yeah. I, I think you're – in in some ways, you're a little bit fortunate because this is a more hobbled Warriors team than we've seen in the past. But really, all sure that, Warriors fans won't, won't won't make note of that at all. Ever. No, no, no. They they will never um, bring up injuries. I mean, losing two All Stars that that's really tough in a Finals. Um, I I can only imagine what that would be like. Um, but really, it's just. All that it really means for the Warriors is that this is a title that they have to actually go out and earn. And yeah. I think Toronto is a very, very one, – one of the most complete defensive teams that I've seen. Like, I, I really, really enjoy what they can do on that end of the floor. Mm-hmm. And then the offense just seems to be about whether or not guys are going to be aggressive enough. And I, I think if Kawhi was fully healthy, that might yeah. have changed the complexion of Game 2 and, and the series. Yeah. But – now they just have to rely on guys getting going. And I, I think the biggest key is establishing other guys early. Like, I, I think Kawhi needs to have the mentality of, hey, I'm going to try to get guys involved early on, and then I'm going to take over as the game progresses. Because you saw Mark, he had, he had a great first quarter in game one, and I think that kind of propelled his game. Same thing went for Siakam. And obviously Draymond's giving him more attention now, but I, I do think they really need to emphasize – getting those guys touches early on for the, for the good of the game, really. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think when the Raptors have been at their best a lot of the time, they'll, they'll start games where Kawhi doesn't even get a touch for like four minutes, and it's just Kyle kind of dictating the thing. And it's sort of what we saw early in the season where the the two sort of separate you know factions of the offense kind of wore a little bit. And it's not to say that that's still really a thing, because I think bringing Gasol kind of helped blend together the Kawhi half of the offense and the Kyle half of the offense but I do think like they are at their best when they get it going early and Kyle's like getting pick and pop threes for Marcus Gasol and finding Siakam on the runouts and and getting transition threes for for Danny Green and it's like looking like a Kyle Lowry type of pace and then mm-hmm. Kawhi can settle in and just like kind of do his thing and then everyone else has established themselves as dudes that have to be guarded otherwise you're going to get killed and 
those have been the games where the Raptors are at their best. So I agree. I don't think you need to have Kawhi come out and run like four or five pick and rolls and start the game like they did in the last one, even though I thought it was a good idea to target Boogie Cousins uh, in the pick and roll. That made a lot of sense, but like do it later, save that for later in the game, let them adjust to it later after you've kind of already exhausted your sort of ball movement and your, and, and look, man, the Warriors make it hard. The Warriors are really damn good at defense too. Like this is not some slouch of a defense and they've yeah. really, like, there have been a couple stretches late in game one where I was really worried that maybe the Raptors were going to blow it. Like the Warriors didn't give up anything for like three or four minutes to close that game. It was the Fred off glass, like spin around the cup bucket. And then there was like Danny Green throwing up a heave that missed and he got an offensive board. That was pretty much the only thing they got on offense in that stretch. And like their defense can be able to know when they go cold like that. But like the Warriors are like, and they did it again in the third quarter, they did the Warriors. Like they're just pretty right. good defensively and they can kind of like decide, all right. And Draymond in particular can be like, okay. No one's scoring for the next four minutes because I'm going to be <laughs> just a marauding monster everywhere. And, like, that's that's why this series is fun to me. It's just because it's almost two teams that are more fun to watch on defense, more so the Raptors than the Warriors. Obviously, the Warriors can do fun, crazy things on offense. But the Raptors, to me, this season have been more fun to watch play defense. And it's cool to see two defenses this good go against each other, against two offenses, like, that are also very good and have their own ways to exploit you. And so, like, it's easy to say, okay, Kyle, go get the offense running. But, like, sometimes the Warriors aren't going to let you do that. And then you have to have Kawhi just go sort of play bully ball to get something. Um, but, yeah, I agree. Like, they, their best games have been ones where guys have been, you know, firing up threes freely. I think they shot, like, eight threes in the first, like, five minutes of game one. Do more mm-hmm. of that. That's good. Uh, and, like, I, I trust that they'll re, that they'll sort of rejigger their approach from game two because they've done it so much in the playoffs. Like, they'll lose those two games to Milwaukee, and people are calling for Marcus Gasol to be benched, and then he has his two best games as a Raptor in the next two games, right? So I, I, I trust in their sort of bounce-back ability. It sounds, like, very simplistic and, like, first-takey, but I do think they kind of have a pretty sort of built-in resilience and a, and a pretty good sort of understanding of how to – react after a loss and I think that goes to Nick Nurse too like we haven't really talked about Nick Nurse that dude's done a really really good job man. and I'm really impressed by him and, and like the box didn't want people making fun of it it was five and a half minutes of no buckets allowed and that yeah, exactly they, they had one to be too scared to do they that, had right? one player on the court that could shoot like and, and Warriors are like this is how this is Steph's greatness that this is the the this is the length that teams have to go to to shut him down. And it's, yeah. you know, you, you just had one guy that could shoot on the floor and it was Steph. And, and yeah. the Raptors did the right thing. I mean, as long as Nick Nurse never calls for another Danny Green post-up, I, I'm going to be very happy with his. Yeah, game. me too. It, it worked in the regular season. I think it was worth trying once or twice in the series, but it hasn't worked. Please go away forever. <laughs> it, it's basically like when – and I I thought that they might try it I'm glad that they went away from it but it's like when bigger guards try to post up Kyle Lowry it's just not going to work it it, it just it doesn't work um the the I really do hope this series ends up going long because I I do think that these teams are really close and game two really felt to me and I apologize for triggering all my Cavs fans out there but (laughs) it felt so much like game three in 2017 where you're in control and it just kind of slips away. Right. And it's one of the unfortunate things about people's memories is they just remember how many games they were. They, they don't remember that uh, the Thunder were in absolutely every single game against the Heat. They yeah. forget that the, the Cavs outside of the, 
the first game there. Um, they, they were in each of those games, and it came down to the wire. It came down to a missed wide-open Corver 3 from 2-2. Two, two. Um, mm-hmm. So it, I, I do hope that this goes a distance because I, I think this Raptors team has earned uh, being here. I, mm-hmm. I think that they are capable of winning this series. I won't pick them. I, I, I won't pick the, the Raptors to win, and, and I'm not picking the Warriors to lose, and I'm not going to pick the Warriors to win, and I'm not going to pick the Raptors to lose. I just think either of these teams can win. It's, however you <laughs> want to spin it, uh, that, that's fine. That's the win tours? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, I've put on a little bit of weight since the wedding, but you, you got to lay off me there. Um, it's, I, I just – I, I think these are really good teams, and it's going to it's one team's going to win it. Like, <laughs> that's that, that's oh, not exactly really? the most right. insightful thing, but right. I, I don't I don't think that either of these teams. What I mean by that is neither of these teams is going to give away the series. I don't think they're going to choke yeah. away the series. You're going to have to go out and get it. So, can I get a prediction out of you? Uh, can you pull the opposite of me and and say something <laughs> instead of just kind of rambling on? I said Warriors in seven to start. Uh, I will stick with that I guess like I feel better about the Raptors chances after the first two games I'll say that but like the Warriors are you should Clay's hurt now (laughs) Clay's hurt and Kawhi delivered a flying elbow into Looney he did not do shit to Looney Looney bounced (laughs) off him because he's a frail little straw boy and Kawhi Leonard's the strongest human in the world (laughs) that's not Kawhi being malicious that's like Kawhi just being too strong for everything Oh, it wasn't malicious. It was just an offensive foul. But continue. (laughs) That is definitely the same as – did you you see the thread with the dude who was like, this is – back in 2017, Zaza hurts Kawhi even though he had a persisting ankle injury. And then Kawhi does this to Looney and it's crickets. And it's like, oh, my God, dude. (laughs) I I think I saw the tweet. I didn't see the thread. I I think most Warriors fans that go like full Zapruder film – uh, I think they have me blocked by now after four <laughs> finals. Uh, but yeah, I'll say I'll stick with Warriors in seven, mostly because I picked Raptor Bucks in seven against the Raptors, and that worked out. So uh, I like it for yeah for psychological purposes. I'll, I I'll mean, you've Warriors you've acknowledged it, so I think that threw off the whole juju. But holy crap, picking the Raptors to lose Game Seven at home. I, I think yeah, I, that's I the other thing too is the Raptors haven't had enough heartbreak yet playoffs and it's coming at some point and like what better way to cap off an entire spring of no heartbreak with <laughs> the heartbreakingest thing that could possibly happen um so losing game seven at home or the <laughs> helicopter ride from hell <laughs> still losing game seven at home losing game seven at home okay I, I think we're on the same page there sean thank you so much for coming on really do appreciate Wait, no, your time I, I meant to say the helicopter oh. thing I'm, I'm, it's the helicopter thing i i, I my brain was not working Oh my God! You're you're picking. You'd rather be in that position. Are you yeah, just assuming you black out? I would rather wait. What I forgot what the what, what am I? What are we asking? Am I game seven prefer? at home? Game I seven really, at home or being spun around at like I Mach five? Prefer to lose game seven at home. There, my brain's working. Now. I okay. Prefer that. That's that's what you initially said. So thank you so much okay. for derailing my clothes. I really do okay, appreciate. Yeah, that. I'm an idiot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, though, Sean. Really do appreciate it. Uh, all our listeners, make sure you check them out at Woodley Sean. Uh, at, go check out Locked on Raptors. Um, anything else you want to plug? Um, no, I mean, the, the Locked on Raptors is where I, all the podcast has been. Uh, Raptors HQ, I've been doing a bit of writing, but not a ton right now. But uh, Writing's overrated. Stuff. 
there's some other stuff cooking. If you're a Canadian and you are interested in the Canadian Elite Basketball League, I have a podcast about that league now too. It's uh, it just started up. I'm sure people don't really, you know, have any interest in, in non NBA <laughs> basketball right now, but do it up. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. You know what? There, there's always more room in everybody's heart for more basketball. So maybe you're going to check that out. Thank you so much, Sean. Thank you to all our listeners. Um, I do apologize for those that attempted to listen to this one on Twitch as I am not Carter and everything went to hell. But that's okay. We'll be back next week and uh, hopefully it'll be a little smoother sailing then. If you do want to support the podcast, if you do want to support the Twitch feed that I will not be running outside of today, uh, you can do so by subscribing to both of those feeds uh if you have an amazon prime membership you can give us a prime subscription for free that's pretty cool um and leave a rating leave a review subscribe unsubscribe resubscribe and cook those books and if you want to be part of our exclusive discord chat you can send a screenshot of your review to chasedownpod at gmail.com so we will talk to you again next week and until next time go caps <laughs>